Hey guys, welcome to another episode of I'm No Expert, a weekly craft beer podcast. I'm Chris Laudenseiger, and every week I pick a theme and I pick a friend. This is down with me in the studio every single week. Christian's here. Again. Hi there. Hi Christian. What's up? How are things? <laughs> it's good, it's good. The, uh... Back on the show, and I'm excited. Yeah, uh, welcome back in studio. Last time you were on the show, it was the uh, beer. mystery show. No, I was at beer. That's right, it was beer. Yep, in studio again. What? Well, was, was last mystery time show? Was the mystery was show? Was mystery show yep. with Joey? Um, this week we are. Uh, you said you liked sours. We have determined that you Love. are a sour. I, I, I don't know. It's something about them. It's just so, it's good. It's just, it's, just, mm, mm, it's mm. one of these just spicy meatballs. Spicy meatballs. And I was talking with somebody who I got uh, my beers from today. And up in Vine and Table, if you live in Indianapolis, go up in Vine and Table in Carmel. Great place to find some really interesting beers. Uh, really knowledgeable staff up there. And I was talking with one of their employees there and talking about how sours as a trend in the United States and really North America really isn't a thing. No. With getting a lot of sours into the US compared to in Europe, in Belgium, in like Denmark and Germany, those places there's a lot more percolation, I guess, of sours. Percolation. Okay. But it's more of a trending thing over there is yeah. to have sours. I've, I've I've noticed that a lot of places that you go to, like, I'll go out, go to like a bar, go somewhere, uh, or even like a like a liquor store or somewhere that like s- like gives you a lot of choices. Most of the time, only has a few sour choices. Right. Yeah. And I'm and I'm always like curious to try them because I'm always willing to try something new. And I've I don't think I've been disappointed yet if something's like labeled. A sour. Sour. Yeah. And, and normally they're not going to be even labeled sour. Some places will give you that little, like, sour on the card yeah. that's in front of it so you know that if you buy it, it's, it's going to be sour. But most of the time you kind of have to look at the style. And we're going to talk about styles as we go through the three different beers. Uh, but first up on deck is uh, Male Factor. Male Factor. By Upland Brewing Company here in Indianapolis. It is a Flanders Red Ale with an ABV of 10.5. Ooh. Uh, availability is mostly during winter, so it's probably like the last that we'll see yeah, this yeah. in circulation until next winter. Because thankfully, it is... I, I guess, Can we say it's officially spring? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like, from what I understand, it was like 75 degrees yesterday. Okay. So it's so officially it's, spring. It's like spring now. Okay, good. Yeah. And these cold days we're having are because of weather. Right. Like storm fronts and things. Rainy. Things I don't understand. Yeah. Science yeah. and weather. And pressure pattern. and right. all kinds Jet of... Streams. <laughs> Jet streams. and <laughs> Buzzwords. El Nino. <laughs> El Nino. Low pressure fronts coming in yep. from the West Coast because of drought seasons mm-hmm. and high pressure coming in from Canadian winter melting ice caps has contributed to factors of Indiana's Moderate to slightly warmer weather during this month, mm-hmm. as well as the increased rainfall and precipitation from the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. Chris, you can't forget about those glacial breezes. <laughs> glacial breezes. Glacial breezes. Yes. Those are a big factor in our uh, very 
roller coaster-esque weather mm. that we've been having. It's you, hot. It's cold. I don't know what to wear. I've got a long sleeve and shorts on today. Yeah. So I don't know what's happening. <laughs> so what's, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. The UV index is off the scale. Off the Richter. <laughs> All right. So All right. Um, you can smell this one. This one's yeah mm-hmm. easily like super sour on the nose yeah, specifically. Sure. Definitely makes my mouth water a little bit. Ooh. Like it's like... Like, right before you know you're about to eat, like, a warhead, you're like, Oh, mm. yeah. Okay. Let's or, like, try. sour Skittles. Mm. Oh, sure. Yep. Careful. Oop, oop. Right over all the equipment. <laughs> this is my favorite thing to do. Right. Ooh. That's very, uh, right off the bat, I get, like, a, like a woody mm, okay. flavor. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's almost like a, I want to say birch. That's going to sound really weird. Okay. (laughs) Super specific, but I just wanted to say birch for some reason. Maple. Walnuts. Mahogany? Mm. I don't know. It's really good, though. Like a stained oak. (laughs) Oh, I would go with... The color, you could say, was a stained oak. Mm. Almost. Which is... Oh, yeah, definitely. Slightly still Mm see-through, but has enough... Um. Oh, like a not what's opacity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's very good. I think that the uh, interesting thing is like you can taste it, and it's it's like rich at mm-hmm. the end, but it's really light at the beginning. Yes, yeah. It's it's as it's not too heavy on the mouthfeel, but it is, and it smells for me. It smells more sour than it actually tastes. Yep, I'd get that. This is like a, I, I'm, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like this would be like a good summer, like a campfire mm. beer, because it's kind of got that woody yeah. smokiness, but it's like light, so it's like not too, for the summer, you could still make it good, you know, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's, I, you, you asked me before you came, like, what it goes well with, like, food-wise, because we, right. we ate before we did the show tonight, and... You're like, what goes well with sour beers? Mm-hmm. And for me, any food goes well with sour beers. Yeah. Uh, last week on the show, we talked about our favorite like munching snacks to eat while we're drinking beers because we had Trappist beers, which are a completely different ballgame than, than sour beers. Mm-hmm. And for me, a lot of times, sour beers, this one included, I don't really want to eat anything with this. I kind of just want to sip it. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like it's like got really good flavor, mm-hmm. and I don't know that I'd want to ruin it with some other food. Yeah, item. Um, so a little blurb that they have on Beer Advocate for this is a stronger version of a Flanders Red Ale, which is the particular style itself, aged in previously beer stored bourbon barrels for some light oak slash bourbon character there oh, you go you got it there it was wow. that woody notes you were detecting mm-hmm. is from bourbon barrels okay so I, yeah now that you said it that's what it yeah mm-hmm. now does that change your flavor profile that went now that you've like i've read that does that change what you are tasting in i think i think i was i was tasting something and I knew it was woody, mm-hmm. but I didn't know exactly what it was. But now that you say bourbon, it's like makes sense, and I now I understand it, and I think I like it more. Okay, just because I can like look for those 
characteristics. Yeah. Because the thing is, like, before, like, when you don't look at something kind of like the mystery show, when you don't really know what you're looking for, you kind of get those those big flavors right off the bat, and that's all you can focus on. But then when you kind of hear about what should be in it, you start looking for the little yeah little uh, nuggets N- yeah little nuggets right. of flavor there. And for me, it's 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 back and forth. Sometimes I'm like really into just sort of tasting a beer for itself and not really looking into what the flavor profile or what the brewer says I'm supposed to be yeah. tasting because it's a little for me it's a little pretentious it's Sometimes a little it's a little fluffed it's a little like wine tasters who are like well actually you're supposed to be tasting you know leather with maple and dried venison or something mm-hmm. like or like crazy uh, like that yeah like dried mango with like coconut flakes right and i'm like that does not taste anything <laughs> like, like what i'm tasting what is this <laughs> yeah coconut flakes <laughs> coconut specifically flakes, flakes yes not, okay. not shaved flakes mm. mm-hmm. okay yeah it's those and but sometimes in this case i am the opposite camp where reading that little blurb of like having it be a flanders ale that's a little bit aged in bourbon barrels okay i appreciate that appreciate that a little bit more um based on just what what i'm what the flavors that i'm getting out of it yeah um overall like very for me very very strong beer um not for the faint of heart i don't think no you don't think so but i think that's I started. I've had this one previously, so I knew right at the bat you would be like, "Okay, this is good. I like this. This is a good like sour baseline for a lot of people. A Flanders Red Ale, maybe something like the Mill Factor if you can find it, is a good baseline for a lot of people if they want to see get into fruit sour beers in general." Mm-hmm. Um, but the other two that we're going to look at be a little different. Yeah, and I think this is a good one. Like if you like the whole like Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Ale, like the beer. And then, like, you want to get into sours, this might be a good kind of transition. Yeah. Or something to help bridge that gap. Or even if you like bourbon, you may be able to kind of latch on to that flavor a little bit more. Yeah. If you appreciate it. That, and bourbon, it can... that bourbon sweetness definitely mm-hmm. is, is a element in this particular beer. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's yeah. really good. Um, yeah. I, I really like this. You obviously really like this. Oh, yeah. I think we'll just keep kind of this on deck. We have a bigger bottle of this as we try the other two. Okay. As we go through the show, because I think I, let's. I want to kind of reference back to this one. Okay. A little kind bit. of like a good baseline. Yeah. To kind of show like where. Okay. And we'll kind of yeah. see what where will be kind of ha- comparison wise. Okay. So this was a this was a Flanders red, red ale. ale. Okay. Yep. So what's the? Because I've had red ales before, mm-hmm. but the difference between a red ale and a Flanders red ale. Well, I believe. If memory serves me correctly, and I sound like an Iron Chef, um, okay. So Flanders Reds are—I'm going to just read it right off the beer out of it because I don't. uh, Flanders Reds are commonly referred to as the red beers of West Flanders. Belgian red beers are typically light-bodied brews with reddish-brown colors, and they're infamous for their distinct, sharp, fruity, sour, and tart flavors, which are created by special yeast strains. Very complex beers. They are produced under the age-old tradition of long-term cask aging. Cask? I can never think. Cask. Cask aging in oak and blending of young and old beers. So um, some of the other ones that we're going to move to, some other of the sours are going to be – take that sort of that that special yeast strain idea. 
and kind of run with it. Because a lot of these sour ales, the way that you get that really distinct, like, deep, complex sour notes, instead of maybe, like, adding a fruit element to it, or, like, warheads. You know, mm-hmm. that's a good, like, sour yeah, baseline, yeah. or sour skittles. As everyone knows, like, yeah, sour skittles, sour warheads, whatever sour you're used to. That's a sour, citrus sour. It's like a citric acid mm-hmm. sour. This is a different type of sour. Yeah, I'd agree. You, I think I think there's different, like, when you start really, and I haven't had a whole lot of them, but, like, trying different sours, there's definitely, like, well, this is, like, more of a tart mm-hmm. over a sour, because then you're, like, thinking Warheads is your baseline for sour, whereas tart would be something, like, where you get the sourness from a fruit flavor mm-hmm. that's, like, really tart, almost, like, too sweet, so it becomes sour. Yeah. Like a Granny Smith apple, I could oh, say, okay. would be tart. Yeah. You know, and that way you kind of get the two right. right and forth. Right. So. Um, okay. Yeah, so let's take a quick break. Let's grab um, the second beer that we have on deck, because I'm very interested to, uh, to see, see what we can compare. your opinion with this one. Okay. Uh, and we will be right back. Mm-hmm. To I'm No Expert, a weekly craft beer podcast. Hi, Christian. Hi there. Uh, we're doing sours this week. Yeah. Probably. Can, can I say your favorite subgenre of beers? Absolutely. Hands down. Should we, we, should we call it subgenres now? Is that a little too like dense? What's the, what's the official style? Style. Okay. So I would say... Definitely my favorite style. I've yet to be displeased with a sour. Now, I know sour is not a style. But just like in general. In sour. general. Sour tasting-ish in that. Yeah. I have yet to be displeased with a sour. Got it. Okay. Um, so our next one on deck is... I can't pronounce it. Yeah. So I went to the Googles. The, did you Google... Did you... Wait... I Google. Someone Google it for you? No, I Google it for myself. Okay. So this is this is what it is in um this is Dutch. Dutch. Drie fonteine oude geuze brouwerij drie fonteine. Oh, is that so? Okay. Just, just one more time. Well, just we like I said it was. Drie fonteine oude geuze brouwerij drie fonteine. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's right. Um it apparently translates into three fountains. Ode goes brewery three fountains. Maybe I'm not sure. So is it a self-named beer? Uh, like is it named after the brewery? I guess. Hmm. Maybe a lot of these older style breweries will just say this is their goes or this is their like last week we when we had Trappist beers it was like the Trappist brewery and then it was just like triple. 
Uh, so triple is the style of the beer, and it's just this brewery's triple beer or this brewery's double gotcha. or whatever. Yep. Um, so this is a goes, okay. which is traditionally a blend of old and young lambic beers. Now we talked about yeast strains a little bit mm-hmm. on the first segment. So usually when you're brewing beer, you have your yeast strain, which is mm, I went it's cultivated. And it's kind of very precisely figured out um, because that can really affect your your flavor because that's that's the little microbes actually eating the sugars in your grain product and producing CO two and alcohol and that you know that that those actually will completely dictate what the flavor complexity is of your beer. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times with lambic beers is. The way that they ferment them, or they 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 the way that they capture yeast is they add a, a starter yeast into it, and they have these large tables that they pour the beer out on to ferment for a period of time before hmm. they may put in a cask or put it into a a closed fermenter. Okay, this is an open air fermentation technique where you get all of these like little like yeasts that are in the air because of course there's all kinds of like stuff in all of our air that's floating around there's little yeast strains flying around okay they land in it they you know start cultivating they mix with the yeast that's in there and then they create something different exactly like sourdough bread Mm. so sourdough starter san francisco is like famous for their sourdough bread because in that region there's the certain the, the fauna the ocean the the hippies all of them have come together to create the yeast strains that are it, it, yeah. in that region. You were just there. I was just there. I went to the, I, I believe you pronounced it Bowdoin Bread Factory. Ooh. And it was like this bread factory, and it's right on Fisherman's Wharf. And they have a really cool factory, and they've got like this little like cage system that takes bread and it moves it around the factory. Oh. Because they have such a demand for their sourdough, for their sourdough bread bowls, that they have to make a system for it. And I actually realized that their dough still uses the same starter dough, the mother dough, if you right. will, yep. from 150 years ago. Wow. So they've been keeping, they've been taking chunks of it. Yep. And just. And like putting put, it in and it starts the. Right. Oh, I wonder if this is the same. It, it can be considered the same. Um there are yeah it's it's lambics are kind of in that sort of same sort of years and years and years and years of kind of of taking that initial 150 200 year old yeah. starter yeast and mixing it with modern day yeast and really with lambics there's sometimes a blend of old lambics and young lambics and kind of taking that old and new and okay, mixing it together flavors yep. yeah so this is 6.0 abv and it's in a very uh, green bottle. There you go. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm showing our patrons what the actual uh, green bottle looks like with uh, some sediment. So word of the wise, when you're buying something like this, check the bottom of the bottle. You're probably going to find some sediment in there, which is totally fine. Um, you just want to, in general, what I'd like to do, I don't really like to taste the, the grittiness of the mm-hmm. sediment. Some people I've talked to do. Mm-hmm. Completely your own bag. Just pour it, let it hang out in your glass for a little bit. Um, If you pour it, like ours, we'll probably not, we probably don't have any sediment in our particular glasses, just the way that I poured it from the bottle. Um, The more agitated, of course, the more sediment gets around in it. And that's just that yeast that's in there that's kind of hanging out in the bottle the whole time. 
So, uh, yep. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Cheers. I would, I would like to say that, that the color mm-hmm. of yours may be different. Mm-hmm. It's and a it's, possibility. It looks a little darker. Okay. Is it just the light? Or it is, be, it, is it Yours light? looks darker than mine, actually. Wait a minute. This is weird. Hold on. I, I think yours looks Le- darker than mine. Leave it to the viewers. I'll just... Okay. There's... Who, whoever looks darker... Just click. I'm looking at the cameras right now, and they click on my face if you want to, if you want to see which <laughs> one, or click on Christian's face if you uh, agree with Christian. Okay, there you go. All, All right, right let's, let's see. What? So, it smell like, uh, it smells like weed. Yeah. Yep, it does. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's. Yep. I mean, that's. A very distinct smell, and I would totally agree that it is very similar to. Awesome. All right. That's really interesting. Yeah, it's like the, it's like the the taste. At first, the mm-hmm. taste of the smell of weed. At the, okay. at the very, very, very beginning, okay. and it might, it might just be because it's like hitting my. It's just oh, I mean, you you taste a lot with your nose, so that could be a factor in there. But but then it hits me with a uh, get the sour, um, and then there's almost like a grassy mm-hmm. flavor. Yeah, I get that, like and, an earthiness, an mm-hmm. earthy note happening. Yeah. with it. It's really. It's really good, though. This one smells less sour than it actually is. This one kind of surprises me. Um, Where I'm like, I smell it, and I'm like, okay, I've had Lambic before. I kind of know what I'm expecting. And then when you taste it, you're like, whoa, okay. Mm. Whoa. Woo. Yeah. I was not yeah. expecting uh, that it, to happen. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a – I don't really know. It's almost like a lemonade. Like not the taste-wise, but like the sourness. Like sometimes you'll order a lemonade from somewhere, and you're like, oh, that's really sweet. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you get it, and like that was freshly squeezed – Right from the lemon, and it's just sour. And that's but it's kind good. Of, but it's really good. Right. But you would know. You don't know. Right. And it's still good. And I, that's what I like about this. It's like you can't smell what you're about to taste. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a cool surprise. I would like to. It's very interesting. I I really like this one. Um, we're just moving away from the original Flanders that we've had. This is a lot lighter. I could see that. Yeah. Um, but just more intense, almost lighter, as in uh, mouthfeel. Yeah, yeah. This is like much more intense as far as like that initial taste, because then you you, you taste so much mm-hmm. going in. And I'm glad we're doing like tiny glasses of these because this, I think, for me, would merit some kind of very fancy. Uh, like snifter or tulip glass, yeah, mm-hmm. where it's a little bit more on the like whichever one's the five point five ounce one. Mm-hmm. It's like a very small, like no. you do one of these, yeah, just like a right, very very fancy sort mm-hmm. of. You sip it; it's not really you're not drinking it. I now, guess I don't know. That's a weird. W- analogy, would you but. would you say this is something that? You could confidently give this to someone and say, I would guarantee you've never had something like this. Probably. Yeah. Because I feel like this is something where most people would be hesitant to try it Mm -hmm. because of the way it smells, perhaps, or looks. And they're like, oh, that's going to be skunky. Yep. But it's not. It's not skunky as in sour, like it's gone bad. But it's like definitely 
sour without right. any kind of skunkiness happening. It's yeah. just kind of earthy. Yeah. And I think it's really, I agree. Yeah. I agree. It's very it's very earthy. It's very sour. It's very fresh and a lot lighter. Um, but at the same time, it is very good. Just I, I would wouldn't want to have this really. I would want to have this maybe in a flight of other sours like we're doing tonight. Yeah. But not with a flight of any other styles of beer. Okay. But now why do you say that? Because I think it would be a little of like a palate shock. Ah, uh, okay. Something where like you go, uh it's like it's like you're you're all of these you're maybe you're tasting like an IPA that's really bitter or maybe you're tasting something that's like a like a brown ale or something and and all of a sudden it's like oh there's a lambic and it's like yeah okay okay I can see I that I don't like that because it's just so different than what you normally have profile wise because there's yeah. really no hop characteristic flavor wise in there but you do get that earthiness that grassiness. Yeah. And, and, and I'm I'm struggling to figure out what this would be good with, like as far as food pairings. There's something that I know that I would be that would go really well with this. Like if, especially if I had a small cup of it mm-hmm. and had this particular item in front of me to eat. Maybe it was like an appetizer size or like a tapas size. Okay. And you like eat them side by side, but I don't know what that thing is, and I cannot think of it yeah. for some reason. It's hard though because it's sour notes in general don't really merit themselves to a lot of foods they don't really complement it because it right. kind of just blows out your palate yeah because the sourness does not make me want something it's that grassiness mm-hmm. that makes me crave something that i don't know what i what i want and i'm i thought when i first tried it like the first thing that came around was like roasted cauliflower but i'm i that could okay. be really off and i'm not sure or like some kind of roasted vegetable yeah, like a root vegetable, maybe kale, kale chips. I, yeah, maybe, maybe something in itself that's kind of earthy, right? You know, or like I mean, I would even venture to say like a seaweed, okay, like a seaweed crisp, okay. So it's a little salty, yeah, because like, this is kind of sweet. Okay, and I could kinda, see like a seaweed, it's, and it's kind of got that umami ness in right. there. Well, seaweed's not really earthy; it's more. Uh, oceany. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So you get the ocean. It's surf like a serpent. <laughs> it's a serpent. All right. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go get some seaweed crisps. We'll be back. We'll be right back. And we're gonna do a beer and seaweed surf and turf because this is earthy. That's oceany, and that's gonna be our pairing. I think we're calling the term oceany. Uh, oceany. Just oceany. like oceany. Yeah. There's there's a more elegant term for that, and I don't know what it is. I don't think there is. It's Maybe from the ocean. It tastes oceany. Because you know, it, it's like, oh, it's from the sea. It's oceany. Like, there's, there's got to be a better word, oceany. I mean, you don't. You, you, I don't know if you've ever had since you're vegetarian. I don't, I don't know if you've ever had oysters before. No, if you, you've never tried oysters, that's no. Anybody who's tried oysters before, especially on the half show, that's very oceany. So it's like salty. It's almost like yep. you say it's like got like a brine. Yep. Yeah, it's okay. it's very you know briny like like olives, but there's a freshness like uh, you just got you're on a jet ski and you just got splashed in the place with some like salt oh salt okay. water and just yep. right that mm, okay oceany oh okay all right yeah oceany <laughs> oceany that works maybe we should look that up on the break is oceany a real word yeah, and if not we'll, we'll get back to we're gonna about we're that. gonna I'm gonna email Marion Webster's dictionary and be like I have invented a new word. Oceany. If we can't get it on there, we're going to email Urban Dictionary and we're going to put it on there. <laughs> and it's going to be a thing. 
Um, any other thoughts on this beer? What do you what do you compare it to the Flanders? Like right now, I mean, maybe not one or the, over the other. We'll do that comparing the, the end, two. But like, this would be for me definite thumbs up. Would recommend, and I think compared to the first one, our Flanders, it's whereas that one was a very good base sour, mm-hmm. kind of like a middle of the road. This would be kind of towards, getting towards like a left, like a more grassy, earthy kind of flavor. Okay. If you were to pull it one way or another, as opposed to something that was, has that bourbon sweetness to it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yep. Um, and if you forgot which uh, beer that we were drinking. Drie Fontaine, Oude Geuze, Brouwerij, Drie Fontaine. There you go. That was it. Uh, All right, we're going to take one more quick break. We're going to grab our third and final sour type beer, and we will be right back. BRB. I'm no experts. We're back. We're back. Third, Third part. Ooh, stepping Ooh. on each other's lines there. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're trying out sour beers with here with Christian today. Yep, we sure are. We had two. We had a Flanders Red Ale. We also had a Goose. A Goose, which is a young and old lambic mix is what it is yeah look at you mm, see i'm learning I'm learning things um so our third final beer and uh it is and if you didn't get that it's there you go mm-hmm. and we will post these links of course on the website noexpertshow.com when the post goes up so if that is unaudible to you and you have no idea what that means Neither do I, but I will post the link so you can find these beers <laughs> as well. I know it's from Belgium. That, yep, that's probably a good guess. Um, and it is a lambic style mm. brewed with plums. Plums. Ooh, I like plums. And it's at a 6.4% ABV. A little bit higher than the last one. A little bit higher. No, not as high as uh, the Flanders. Yeah. Flanders was 10.5, wasn't right. it? Pretty high. Okay, that's what I'm feeling. So do you want to... Yep. Mm-hmm. Over the mixer? Or? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Ooh. Oh, my. It smells like a... Uh... What do you think? This is going to sound really weird. Do it. I have to say it. Say it. kind of smells like a dog. <laughs> it's really... A little cr- musty. <laughs> it smells like... Okay. I just gave a dog a bath. Oh, so it's like a fresh, it's a freshly cleaned dog. Yes. Like okay. it's, it's like the smell of the, sh- the shampoo that you <laughs> use on a dog. So like they're, they're clean, but they still don't smell clean. <laughs> You're like, oh, You're like you don't smell like dirt, but you don't smell like. It just smells like dog. It smells like dog, right? Yeah. There's a lot of, I think there's a lot of other factors besides just the hair on a dog that contributes to mm-hmm. dog smell, but yeah. We don't have to get into dog smell on no. the show, but I mean, it's definitely like the the hair, maybe mm-hmm. you know. It, I don't know. That could be the. Factor. It is a very interesting smell. I'll give you that. It's yeah. very um, off putting. 
I would say. Yeah. Like, if, if you were to hand me a cup of this, and I didn't know what it was, like, I didn't even know it was a beer, and you were like, drink that, I'd say... And you say, smelled it, and you'd be like, no. That's a dirty <laughs> dog bathwater. <laughs> the color is not dirty dirty dog bathwater. No, the color... For, for something made of uh, plums, it's got very orange... Mm-hmm. Now, maybe I don't know what plums are, but I'm pretty sure plums are like... Not, oh. They're not orange. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to make sure. Because they use the word plum to describe the color purple sometimes, right? right? Okay. So, right, exactly. Yeah. I don't know if plums are purple on the inside, though. I don't know. I think plums are just purple on the outside. So what we really need to figure out is what color a plum is on the inside. And I bet you it's like a dark red color. What color is a, a plum, plum on the inside? You could always just Google search sliced plums. I could, instead of typing out the whole <laughs> question. Instead of typing out what well, color the inside oh, of the plum. Hi, it's the 1990s. Uh, we want our search <laughs> queries back. You, you How could, do I? Did you, oh, do you remember doing that? Where like when you first got the internet, you would type out the whole question. Oh, you, you didn't know how to use keywords. Yeah, yeah, like you didn't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. or or my my computer is making a funny noise. How yeah. do I fix it? Mm-hmm. Like like full grammar sentences that work. Mm-hmm. Um, we could always ask Jeeves. Oh yeah, if you wanted to, if you wanted to feel really old fashioned. Okay, so uh, it looks like there's multiple uh, varieties of plums, but okay. a, brown, a plum that I'm looking at here is actually inside. It's s- similar colored, actually. Oh. Maybe a little lighter than what this is, but there you go. Not purple. But it's like an orangish. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, I stand corrected. All right, let's try. All right. Mm. Yeah. Not not does not taste like a dog. It does not taste like a dog. Again, what... again, one where you smell it and you're like, mm, and then you taste it and you're like, oh, yeah, very surprising, but but a good surprise. What are you thinking? It's definitely got like right away, very sour. Like you can you can feel your throat kind of like tighten up. Yeah, and you're like that's the sour, sour skittle. If you almost will. acidic. It is almost acidic, yeah. Like, almost vinegary. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know... But like, in a good way. Yeah. Yeah, not like you just, like, white, like, white wine... Not white wine vinegar. Like a rice thing. wine vinegar. Like and a you rice just swig yeah. it down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. Um, plums-wise, mm-hmm. I don't know that I can taste a whole lot of plums, but I haven't had a plum in a while. Okay. Like, what we probably should have done was gotten a fresh plum, like a organic... Like, from the farm plum. Right. And, like, sliced it right here in studio and, like, tried it with it and made sure we could taste it, you know. But, I mean, whatever. I think... I don't taste plum specifically, but I do get a very distinct fruit sweetness. I would agree. Yep. That is very... I mean, because you get different, like, levels of sweet, like a baked good sweet or a candy sweet or chocolatey sweetness or something Mm -hmm. like that. This is definitely like that natural fruit sweetness. Yeah. That for me, this one is less sour than the previous one because of that fruit sweetness. And it kind of cuts through it a little bit. Really? I would I would say that this one is more sour than the previous. Interesting. I think it's just because I can feel it more. And maybe it's the sweet helping it, but I can feel it a little more all around. Okay. Like it's kind of like touching all the 
points in my mouth, whereas the last one, I feel like the earthiness of that one kind of dulled the sweetness a little. Yeah. This one definitely has a little bit more mouthfeel. It kind of lingers a little bit more, yeah. almost. That could that could be what it is for me. Than the previous one. Mm-hmm. That's probably what it is. Regardless, though, it's very tasty. Um, comparing it to the first one, I'll try to use my really poorly constructed highway, if you will, again. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> this one mm-hmm. definitely is, is, I feel, more sour than the first one, but not in a intensity-wise, but, like, more down the scale towards a citrus, lemon, lime sourness, where okay. it like, makes you pucker, as opposed to a tartiness that we saw from, perhaps, the middle one. Okay. The goes. The goes. Um, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I would agree. I think I kind of see the 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 analogy there between those two. I think that what's most interesting was the dramatic difference between the Upland Flanders Red Ale mm-hmm. and the Goes and this Fruit Lambic. Like the, the, the three differences between the three. Well, I think I think the goes and the and lambic, the last two that we had, are very different. Yeah. Um. Sour wise, yes, almost opposite ends of a given spectrum. Right, and it's it is. I think it's almost like the American ter- interpretation and the traditional European tradition uh, interpretation of. Beer brewing and sours in general. I think we said at the top of the show a lot of sours in general are brewed mostly in Europe mm-hmm. and are enjoyed mostly by Europeans, where the trend really hasn't reached the U.S. at all. And then when you see brewers in the U.S. try to not try, but they very, they are very su- successful, but they they brew something that's like a sour or a similar style. Mm-hmm. Like this Upland Flanders yeah. style, they kind of have to American it up a little bit. Like they're almost too afraid to make it like unapologetically mm-hmm. sour. Mm-hmm. Where it's like we don't care if you don't like it because right. someone does. Right. Whereas I feel like the the Upland, they may have had to say, well, we can't make it too sour. Right. We because can't do- people people won't drink it. Right. We can't make it with just a, uh, our style Flanders Red Ale because if we don't age it in bourbon barrels, it's going to be too little ABV and people aren't going to want to merit buying a $23 bottle of beer based on a 6 or 7% ABV or because it's super sour. Yeah. Yeah. Or something like that. Where I think – but it, but I think that that goes back to I think these two brewers that we got from Belgium because I can't pronounce them are very old brewers. So they've had years to to kind of create like mash their craft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it shows. I think it definitely shows in the last two how it's they are not for the faint of heart. They are not for somebody who is. I mean, if you are adventurous and you are not a picky eater and you can kind of take whatever flavor and, and not be completely disgusted instantly by something, yeah. then these are very accessible. But if you are somebody who is very particular on what you drink and what you eat and you have and you really don't like certain things, like if you're like, oh, I don't really like pickles. <laughs> yeah. And here's a story. As of like two and a half weeks ago, I never really liked eating pickles raw. 
Oh, okay. I would love pickles on things. I loved pickled things. So maybe okay. something else. That's like pickled like vegetables? Yeah. Maybe okay. like on a, a salad or a slaw or something. That was delicious. Okay. I love those. Never yeah. really had like a cucumber style that's pickled. Yeah, like a dill. Yep. Or like the, bread and a, butter. Yep, in a strip, like on ne- next to your BLT or something like oh, that. Oh, oh, like a spear. Yeah. Ah, like okay. that. I never touched those. I was like, ugh. Really? Yeah, mm. never really. One day I got a sandwich somewhere, eating with a friend, and I was like, I'm going to try this pickle. Mm-hmm. And I picked it up and took a bite out of it, and I was like, huh, this is pretty good. Yeah. I, I think it's... It's interesting when you like something that's because some people will say, "Oh, well, I I, want, I like pickles on like my hamburgers," and they don't know why. They're like, "Yeah, I just kind of like them," and I'm like, "Okay." And then they get like, "What's really interesting is that grilled cheese is really good with a pickle spear for some reason on the side." And, on the side, okay. I thought you meant and in the grilled cheese. No, I was like, no, no, "Okay, no, no. that'd be kind of for some reason you can't put pickles in a grilled cheese and have it taste good because it still has to be kind of cold." Mm-hmm. Whereas you don't want the pickle to be warm because warm pickles I don't feel like are good. But if it's still kind of chilled a little bit, it's like a good palate cleanser right. going from the two. It kind of complements yeah. the cheese. Um, but I think you're right. I think people either love pickles or love pickled things. Right. Because it's like you got like uh, pickled vegetables. Like it's like a whole craze about like there's like pickled red onions now. You can put in omelets and stuff. It's mm. Like, mm, so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's Yeah. It's, it's interesting to see that the... And that goes back to my point of of what you like. If you're one of those people who are a little skittish, okay, who are like, mm, I don't know if I'm gonna like that. If you say that, and if if you go up to something and somebody sets sets you something in front of your face and you've never tasted it before, and you're one of those people who are like, mm, I don't know if I'm gonna like that. Do not touch any of the beers that we've had. <laughs> no, do not buy. Do not buy on your own. Any of the beers that we've had. Try it from somebody else Mm -hmm. because you will be – well, I mean it's like you don't want to spend $23 on a bottle of something that you're going to go, that's disgusting. And then just pour out the bottle. And pour it out because you don't want to pour it out. But I lost my train of thought here. But I think you you brought up a good point earlier with these beers – you have to be careful. Like, let's say you're at a bar mm-hmm. and there's like a bunch of beers on the menu, and you can't necessarily just say like a randomizer button. Yeah, because there's that chance that you get this, and some people would definitely not like it. Right. Whereas, like someone like you, you could really get anything and appreciate it. Yeah. You know. Like, I mean, I maybe I, I I could probably if I would go into a place that had a lot of beers on tap and hit a randomize button. I would be completely okay with anything that kind of got placed in front of me. Right. I would definitely I wouldn't I would would not turn my nose up at anything and say I will not drink that at any point. Yeah. So, I think that's one of the differences is like with the things that we've tried they're super specific to yeah. people's palates and it just I happen to be one of those weird individuals that like loves this kind of beer, do not like regular kinds of beer. They're not like don't like popular styles of right. beer. I mean, this, I feel like this is not as as, as popular no, style. No, absolutely not. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that's me. 
It yeah. is you. It you, is me. You be you. You, you do you, boo-boo. <laughs> Christian, thanks for coming on the show this Absolutely. week. Absolutely. Uh, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook by going to facebook.com slash noexpertshow, twitter.com slash noexpertshow, as well as the website. We'll post all the links to all of these beers on our website so you can go and find them. They are pretty accessible. Even though those last two are kind of obscure, you definitely can find them somewhere. Uh, uh, local fine food store. Again, I give a shout out to Vine and Table here in Indianapolis. They help me find these great beers. And of course, you can help support the show on Patreon. Become a patron at, patron at patreon.com slash noexpertshow. Christian's one of them. We're actually doing a special Patreon thing currently which is really weird. If you're not a patron, it's hard to understand. But if you want to find out these secret projects that we're doing, go to patreon.com slash noexpertshow and help support the show every single week. Uh, we'll be back next week with another show, another guest. Christian. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. <laughs> Always love being part of the show. And thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. If it's not for long She knows, she knows I'ma be her